Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Seven things you don't really need to know, but probably should. I'm Kira Revan, and this, this is the Sunday 7. In today's award-winning Sunday 7, we get ready for the next pandemic as the World Health Organization ramps up preparations for Disease X. We hear Mark Zuckerberg's thoughts on the new Apple Vision Pro. We catch up on a mystery stingray pregnancy and we hear about the new space race. But first, on this day in 1977, NASA began testing a prototype space shuttle called Enterprise. It was flight-tested in captive mode, essentially strapped to a Boeing 747 as part of a nine-month-long process, which eventually saw the shuttle fly in the atmosphere and land like an aeroplane. There was a pretty grim warning this week from the head of the World Health Organization, Dr. Tedros Ghebreyesus. He says the world hasn't really learned any lessons from the impact of the COVID pandemic and the next one, whatever it may be, could well be worse. The WHO has been warning that it's a matter of when, not if, a new pandemic will hit and they refer to the potential outbreak as disease X. Grim warnings aside, there have been a number of alarming stories this week about new and old disease appearing across the globe. Brazil launched a new immunization program in advance of this year's Mardi Gras as it faces a wave of dengue fever infections. In the first five weeks of 2024, there have been almost 400,000 cases of the mosquito-borne disease. Epidemiologist and professor of public health at the University of Geneva, Anton Flahold, says the climate is making things worse. Currently, we have a huge outbreak in Latin America, but also in Caribbean islands. And uh, it has started a couple of weeks ago, and it is really bursting now, much higher than the last epidemic, which was in 2020. When the climate is favorable for the mosquitoes, particularly in the warm season, you know, it's still summer in the South Hemisphere, and in tropical areas, it's always warm, but sometimes it's flooding, or sometimes the meteorological conditions are prone to trigger such an epidemic. This week also saw the first debt registered of what is known as Alaska pox. It's a virus that was discovered in 2015 and is in the same disease family as smallpox. It's known as Alaska pox because all seven cases have been found in Alaska so far. But infectious disease physician Dr. Isaac Bogok says the spread is down to rats and mice. These viruses occur all over the world. They typically live in rodent populations and they're found everywhere where rodents live. This particular orthopox virus doesn't currently pose any significant threat to large populations. We have a lot of interactions between humans and non-human animals. There's spillover events from non-human animals to humans. Some of these can cause epidemics. Some of these infections have pandemic potential. And if that wasn't enough worrying disease stories, there's also been a sighting of the bubonic plague in Aragon for the first time in 2015. But in this case, it would be a cat to blame, as Dr. Dana Hawkinson explains. What they believe is this patient's pet cat maybe got infested with fleas, and that is how this patient ended up getting it. If the, the cat uh, had fleas and maybe bit this patient, 
which then transferred the infection. If you remember the Black Plague, a lot of it was due to infested fleas on rats and mice that were then biting the human. So I think it's important if you have animals, you have to be responsible for them. Uh, treat your animals with anti-flea and tick medicine on a regular basis and just be aware of that as well. But in general, this is a bacterial infection that we have good antibiotics to and it's important that if you start to develop symptoms of illness, really seek treatment right away. So with the alarm bells ringing about the next pandemic and the shape of the potential disease X still unknown, what does Dr. Mike Ryan, the World Health Organization's Executive Director of the Health Emergencies Programme, recommend? So there's an awful lot you can deal with in an unknown situation if you recognise the unknown and then say what is known. So we're really looking at whether we can do some upstream research to develop countermeasures against families of viruses. We're going to have to scale up clinical care. Oh, we're going to have to build manufacturing capacity for vaccination. Oh, we're going to have to scale up diagnostics. Oh, we're going to need oxygen. We're going to have to deal with the psychological impact. And we'll probably have some kind of post-viral condition to deal with as well. All of those things. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to work out that there are certain things you need to be ready for. FBI Director Christopher Wray is attending this week's Munich Security Conference along with global political and military leaders. Top of their agenda is Ukraine, but there's growing concern about China and their long-term efforts to disrupt and spy on critical infrastructure in the West. At a recent Senate hearing, Wray revealed that a Chinese hacking network called Volt Typhoon may well be lying dormant inside critical US infrastructure for as long as five years and that it marks the defining threat of our generation. When it comes to all things cyber, well, cyber security at least, there's only one man we can call on, and that's the Smart Sevens tech guru, Will Guyatt. So, Will, what is Volt Typhoon? Volt Typhoon is known as a state-sponsored actor. It's based in China and it's focusing on espionage and information sharing. And when we say a state-sponsored actor, we don't mean Timothy Chalamet with an ad deal. We're talking about a government-backed group that conducts offensive activities to enhance their nation's interests. And threat experts at Microsoft say they've got moderate confidence that Volt Typhoon is pursuing development of methods that could disrupt the critical communications infrastructure between the US and Asia in any future war or crisis. America seems pretty worried about it. Should the UK be too? The US government are increasingly worried and they suggest Volt Typhoon is Beijing positioning itself to disrupt daily life in the US if they ever went to war with China. Now, this has been targeting critical infrastructure since 2021. It's targeted communications, manufacturing, power, water treatment, transport, construction and even education sectors. Now, Paul Nakasone, who is the commander of the US Cyber Command, said there's no reason for them to be in our water and there's no reason for them to be in our power. Microsoft say they went public with this because of concern it could further impact other areas. And while they could see activity in their systems, they didn't know where else Vault Typhoon was operating. Here in the UK, the National Cyber Security Centre, a wing of SpyGuru's GCHQ, haven't directly put out a warning about Vault Typhoon, but did this week issue guidance about living off the land cyber attacks. These are similar to Vault Typhoon. It means that malicious activity is blended in with legitimate behaviour on networks, making it very hard even for proper cyber security experts to detect. 
Is China admitting to it? What else do they have up their sleeves? China definitely isn't admitting to Vault Typhoon, but it's always said there's no truth to US allegations about hacking. Well, it regularly accuses the US of its intrusions against Chinese interests, to the extent that a Chinese cyber minister recently said that China is the biggest victim of cyber attacks across the world. As for what the Chinese may have up their sleeves, it's hard to say. But before we get into this world of cyber warfare, it's increasingly apparent that in a connected world, it's become an aim to see into things we're all not meant to be looking at. And it seems like another bad week for Meta. They've just had a potential £3 billion legal action lodged against them in the UK. What's the case about? This is another case filed by consumer champion and legal academic Lisa Gormson on behalf of almost 45 million Facebook users here in the UK, which accuses Meta of a lack of transparency in its terms and conditions and suggests they're exploiting their position to monetize users' personal data. She claims that Facebook has struck an unfair bargain with its users and that sharing huge amounts of data amounted to a take-it-or-leave-it approach to being able to use the platform. Meta says this claim was without merit and will be vigorously defended against. It's also added it was committed to giving people meaningful control of data shared on its platforms and continue to invest heavily to create tools that allowed them to do so. Will we all be getting a check if we have a Facebook page? This won't be going to court until at least the first half of 2026, so I wouldn't be holding my breath. The case was already kicked out once by judges a year ago, as the method used of calculating any losses suffered by Facebook users needed a root and branch re-evaluation. Meta has paid out around 600 million quid in a privacy case that went to US courts in 2023, but there's still a long way to go on this one in the UK, so don't spend your reward yet. Still to come on the Sunday 7, NASA fires up a new moon race and a mysterious pregnant stingray. The space race is back on and for now the focus is on the moon. NASA is due to launch three moon missions this year and it's not alone. China has successfully landed a probe on the dark side of the moon and India landed a probe at the pole, but it remains relatively unexplored. Japan just attempted and almost succeeded with a moon landing of a probe, but the focus of NASA's new space race mission is the South Pole. It's a difficult landscape to land in, but there's a potentially huge prize – billions of tons of frozen water and that's why this week NASA launched the Odysseus spacecraft, a telephone box sized lander that's intended to gather more data. Sky Science and medical correspondent Thomas Moore explains what they're hoping to find at the moon's south pole. The region is covered in deep craters, permanently in shadow, perilous for a spacecraft but it's worth the risk. Temperatures are as low as minus 230 degrees, easily cold enough to lock up water molecules as ice. NASA believes there could be hundreds of billions of gallons of water, but they need to make it into the craters to find out how much and whether it can be collected. Former BBC science editor Dr David Whitehouse says there's huge potential on the moon, but it'll also have a lot of useful learnings and scientific information for the next step in exploration, which is Mars. But that might not be until the 2040s. Going to the moon is an adventure in itself, and certainly exploiting the ice there, because with ice you've got oxygen to breathe and water to drink, and it's, it's a valuable resource. So going to the moon is value in itself, but there's ice on Mars. So what you learn on the moon in building a base up, in exploiting the ice and using it, you can actually take and use that technology on Mars. So you're practicing for a Mars base. The problem is that the moon is three days away and it's relatively straightforward to get there. Mars, the voyage, is the big frontier because it will take best part of a year to get there. We do not know how to keep people alive in deep space on such a long voyage.
Nature loves a good mystery and she's been at it once again. This time it appears to be a virgin birth or at least a virgin pregnancy. It all kicked off after staff at a North Carolina aquarium discovered that a female stingray who was flying solo in her tank, was somehow pregnant. Assistant Director of the Aquarium, Kingsley Boyett, says staff were mystified when they started to notice signs of gestation. We saw that she was getting bigger. She had a pump on her back. And we know that sometimes in captivity, if um, rays do not mate, they can grow cysts inside of their reproductive organs. So we thought that that could be a possibility. So we then decided to ultrasound her. And we saw all of these lumps inside of her. And so we decided to send them off to um, two people that we work with. Um, they ultrasound pictures. And they said that we were looking at eggs. They've been capturing the whole event on social media, including an Instagram video of the ultrasound and the amazed reaction. While the Ray is definitely pregnant, they're no closer to solving the mystery of who's the daddy. Suspicion has fallen on a male basking shark who was sharing the tank at one point, but experts think it's more likely that it's some form of asexual reproduction. One way or another, the staff at the aquarium are watching and waiting for what happens next. We are just on cloud nine. We cleaned out what was our touch tank, our tide pool, and it is set up and ready to receive the pups. Kinsley and I both live within minutes of the aquarium. So we have cameras on it 24-7 and it bings us whenever there's motion. Still to come on the Sunday 7, Mark Zuckerberg takes the Apple Vision Pro for a spin and we meet a Cumbrian turtle. Right after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back. Mark Zuckerberg is a busy man between Meta, Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp. He hardly has any time to relax, you'd think. And you think if he did have some time to relax, he'd probably be using his own MetaQuest VR headset. But Mark's leisure time has been interrupted by the truly extraordinary Apple Vision Pro, which has tech gurus swooning. And even though Apple were late to the VR party, it could make a big dent in Zuck's metaverse plans. So it was unusual to see him decide to post his own review of his competitor's product and funnily enough, he wasn't all that impressed. So I finally tried Apple's Vision Pro. And, you know, I have to say that before this, I expected that Quest would be the better value for most people since it's really good and it's like seven times less expensive. Uh, But after using it, I don't just think that Quest is the better value. I think that Quest is the better product, period. And, you know, the different companies made different design decisions for the headsets. They have different strengths. But overall... Quest is better for the vast majority of things that people use mixed reality for. Quest, you know, I think is just a lot more comfortable. Um, you know, we designed it to weigh 120 grams less, which makes a really big difference on your face. Um, there's no wires that get in the way when you move around. It's a big deal. Our field of view is, is wider, and I found our screen to be brighter also. I also noticed that, you know, Apple's headset has this motion blur as you move around, which Quest is just a lot crisper. 
Now, Apple's screen does have a higher resolution, and that's really nice. But I was surprised by how many trade-offs they had to make to the quality of the device and the comfort and ergonomics um, and other aspects of the display and artifacts in order to get to them. It's been a while since Game of Thrones ended and most of the cast have popped up in various other shows or on stage. But one former Throne star, Nikolai Coster-Waldo, who used to play Jamie Lannister, has taken a slightly different path. He's been busy making a new show for Bloomberg TV called An Optimist Guide to the Planet. It's a series that crisscrosses the globe looking for inspiring stories that give us a reason to be optimistic for the future. One of the stops on his tour was Australia, where he learned about a new strategy for protecting the Great Barrier Reef. Daniel Harrison is an oceanographer and associate professor at the Southern Cross University. The basic idea is that in certain environments, clouds are limited by the number of cloud condensation nuclei. So every droplet in a cloud, it needs a tiny little particle floating around in the atmosphere to condense around. And so when the air is really, really clean, which it happens to be over the reef during summer when the bleaching occurs, then if you add more cloud condensation nuclei, you get the same cloud. We're not making clouds, but we're making them brighter. And the idea is basically to shield the water from the sun. That's right. say turtle, you're probably picturing either a pizza-eating cartoon character or a little cute turtle chewing a little lettuce leaf in a glass case. That's not how they roll in Cumbria, though. They've just found an alligator snapping turtle in a pond in a village called Barrow and Furnace. The turtle was found by a local councillor and scooped it into a shopping basket, but it's actually a pretty dangerous species that has a bite strong enough to cut through bone. The local vet, Dr Dom Mool, from the appropriately named Wildside Vets, says it's definitely not a native of Cumbria. I think if we'd been left, there's a chance that we would have survived. Um, They are naturally native to Florida and the sort of southeastern United States. So they're used to warmer climates, so we might not have survived. If we did survive, though, then we'd have probably grown to be a considerable size, but that would have taken many years. I think, more than likely, these aren't migratory species, so it was probably somebody that bought it as an exotic pet. They didn't realise how big they get or the care that's required um, and they might have just uh, released it, which has happened previously with terrapins all around Britain. The turtle, which can grow up to 200 pounds, has been nicknamed Fluffy and fellow vet Kate Hornby says it's been great to see such an unusual species up close. It's quite interesting, actually, when you see him open his mouth. He has, like, a little red tongue, which he wiggles around in the wild. They'd be sat at the bottom of the pond with a mouth open, dormant, and they wiggle the tongue, which attracts the fish, and then that's obviously when they snap them up and eat them. This has been The Sunday 7. Wherever you're listening, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am with the regular Smart 7. Have a great rest of your weekend. Written, produced and published by Daft Doris. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.